0: Bobby in Color Bobby Gold, at 21, in a red-and-white dead boy's T-shirt, blue jeans, high top Nikes, and handcuffs, bent over the hood of the state police cruiser, arms behind his back, wished he was anywhere but here. The beach would be nice, he thought, as the trooper to his right read him his rights. The beach would be great. Cheek pressed hard against the hot metal of the car's hood, Bobby wondered if he held his head just right so that his ear cupped against the blue and white car, would he be able to hear the ocean? The rented Chevrolet Caprice sat on the shoulder between two cruisers bathed in flashing red and blue lights. Sticks had come on the radio just as they'd pulled him over. He had been happily listening to Monkey Man by the Stones, singing along, in fact, volume all the way up when he'd seen the lights in his rearview mirror, and in the excitement and confusion of the moment, had neglected to turn the radio off. Now Styx was playing on the radio. Always and forever the soundtrack to any future memories of this ugly event. Damn, thought Bobby. Bobby wondered how the rental company dealt with a situation like this. Would he be charged for the extra days that the car was held for evidence? Who would come and pick it up? What if the cops tore the car apart? This was a worst-case scenario, as there were three kilos of cocaine hidden inside the spare tire, and another two kilos behind the seats. Would the guy from Avis take a taxi to the police impound lot and then drive the car away? Or would another employee drive him over then following convoy? As the cops pulled him upright by his hair and walked him over to the rear of one of the cruisers, held his head as they pushed him into the back seat, Bobby found himself curiously detached from events around him. He would not be sleeping with Lisa tonight, that was for sure. He wouldn't be lying in the bed they shared in the Stimson dormitory, listening to Brian Eno and sniffing murk cocaine and smoking hydro. Lisa would not, later, when the qualudes kicked in, look him in the eyes and turn up the corner of her mouth in a dreamy smile while she sucked his cock. Not tonight. Tonight he was going to jail. His parents, the already disappointed in their son, Dr. and Mrs. Sherman Goldstein, were not going to be happy about this. The words, this is the last time, echoed in Bobby's head as he vaguely remembered some previous outrages he'd committed. The time he'd passed out in his parents' bed with a checkout clerk from the Pathmark, a fully packed bong still in one hand. The time he'd wrecked their car, sinking it into a water hazard on the green of the local country club. The time he'd been expelled from Horace Mann. The time he'd been expelled from the Englewood School for Boys. The shoplifting misunderstanding. He hoped that if his parents, after wailing and bemoaning the miserable fate that brought such a disgrace of a son into the world, couldn't do anything to help him, maybe Eddie could. Eddie could fix anything. He'd been in trouble his whole life, and yet he'd never spent a night in jail. Eddie, Bobby hoped, would know what to do. Bobby Gold, in an orange jumpsuit, handcuffs, and leg irons, shuffled into the courthouse and sat down next to his parents' attorney. Things did not look good. Eddie had not been any help. He wasn't even in court today. Bobby examined the jurors' faces, not liking what he saw. The old bat at the end, juror number 12, was shaking her head disapprovingly. She had a daughter in college, Bobby recalled from Voidier. She was thinking about all that coke, all that pharmaceutical-grade cocaine headed in Bobby's car to supply college kids. Might as well have been her daughter's college to get her daughter hooked turn her daughter into a coke-sniffing, dangerously underweight coke whore, tossing off scabby drunks at some imagined truck stop for her fix. Juror number four didn't look too friendly to Bobby's cause either, a retired jarhead with two sons in the service. With that haircut, he was a definite guilty vote. Things did not look good. When they gave him ten years, Bobby was not surprised.